What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. The city of San Francisco has paid out over $20 million in police settlement since 2019. Here to discuss is Tim Redman, founder and editor of 48 Hills. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Kat. Always happy to have you, sir. Tim, uh, first, your reaction to the fact that Brooke Jenkins is going to push to dismiss the case against former SFPD officer Christopher Samoya for the murder of Keita O'Neill in 2017? Well, it's it's tragic. It's terrible. I mean, as your your um, guests, your previous guests were just saying, I mean, it it gives the San Francisco Police Department a license to kill anyone they want. It basically says you are not going to be held accountable in any way for your behavior. And, you know, talk about political. I mean, she says that the charges were political. Well, the charges were filed because somebody killed somebody. Manslaughter is not political. It's a crime. But dropping the charges was certainly political. This is the kind of thing I think politically, this was her, I I can't prove this, but I would guess this was her promise to the POA. And um, to the people who supported the recall, that if they get rid of Chesa Boudin and she gets appointed, she will make sure that she, that those uh, cases against the cops get dropped. Um, I, I think that that's the political reality that we're looking at here, is that there are a lot of powerful forces in San Francisco who do not want to see cops held accountable. And when she said that she was, when, when uh, Chesa said that he was going to do that, they came after him. And they put in place somebody who uh, I think has made it very clear that she has no intention of doing that. It's, it's terrible. And it's it's going to this is a a horrible, tragic case. There's going to be more. I I fear there's going to be more. Tim, when I understand the the other way, right, that that Brooke not filing the charges is political when she says, like, is that even a legal justification to to not move forward with a, a, a case when there's so much evidence that was so painstakingly put together by the office of Chesa Boudin? What what does that even mean? She's not moving forward because the charges were filed for political reasons. I'm confused. I I am not an expert on the law or legal ethics, but it seems to me that um, the you the reason if you decide not to prosecute, it's because the evidence isn't there, right? The the um, district attorney's sworn duty is not to bring charges in a case that can't be proven to a jury to to, to if the evidence isn't there, but to bring forward a case when the evidence is there, and I haven't seen anything to show that the evidence in this case was faulty, was gone. I, I mean, the, 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 um, I, I, Chess's office investigated this case. He filed charges. A judge issued an arrest warrant um, to drop them now. She hasn't said there's no evidence that this happened. She's saying the charges were filed politically, but whether they were or not, the evidence is the evidence. Tim, prior, you know, when when Tesla was in office, we had a very angry and um, uh, boisterous uh, police association, um, you know, inserting their uh, opinions, et cetera, into the San Francisco Chronicle and other mainstream media platforms. What has been the tone and tenor of the association um, since the recall? And what is your concern in terms of the types of behavior we can expect from uh, San Francisco Police Department and its association with a supporter like Brooke Jenkins um, in the district attorney's office? Well, they certainly haven't been complaining about anything. I mean, it's it's so interesting. When Chester was in office, every single crime that happened in San Francisco was his fault. 
every single incident was because of the DA. Now, as, as Chesa pointed out, the police engaged in a work stoppage. Essentially, they stopped investigating a lot of crimes and they would tell people, oh, I'm not going to bother to investigate this crime because the DA won't prosecute anyway. Right? That's not the cop's job. But they essentially um, made people more frustrated because it, it seemed as if nothing was going to happen about crime in San Francisco. So um, the cops set up that situation, and then the Chronicle and the TV stations go along saying, oh my God, there's all this crime, it's all Chester Boudin's fault. Well, crime has not gone down significantly since Brooke Jenkins took office, right? There are still car break-ins, there are still home break-ins, there are still robberies on the street. Um, there, all of these things are still happening, but we're not seeing the Chronicle complain about anything. And we're not seeing the POA complain about anything. And we're not seeing the TV stations complain about anything. It's as if the, you know, because there's a new DA, it's as if the crime problem has has simply vanished when we all know that that's the, the, the statistics show that that's not the case. So, you know, um, this is what has a lot of people worried that if you tell the cops they're not going to be held accountable for shooting people, they're going to shoot people. Well, and that's certainly been the history of the San Francisco Police Department as uh, has other bad behavior as evidenced by one of the, the headlines in 48 Hills right now, which is that there's been $20 million in uh, police uh, settlement since 2019. Um, talk to us about this, Tim. Let's start with what is on the table right now, a $1.95 million settlement that the city's about to pay Francisco Valle. Who is that and why is the city getting ready to pay him? Um, these are all cases where the police either beat someone up, shot them, or wrongfully imprisoned them, all right? The the most notorious two were Maurice Caldwell and Jamal Trulove. Um, Maurice Caldwell and Jamal Trulove were both framed for murder by the police department with the support of the district attorney's office before Chesa was elected, all right? These were cases where the um, the police either manufactured evidence or um, took uh, or, or um, used improper investigative techniques or the district attorney's office, and this would be under George Gascon, who's now the district attorney of LA and says he's a reformer, but did not present the proper <laughs> evidence. To, yes, did not present evidence to the jury, withheld evidence from the defense. All right. Um, uh, um, these are people who spent years in jail. Um, Jamal Trulove spent 13 years in jail for a crime he didn't commit. Um, and the uh, the jury came back and said, uh, you know, he, he stewed. Um, the city settled for $13.1 million. They gave Maurice Caldwell um, $8 million. And then there's many, many other um, smaller cases. And the thing about all of this that's so interesting, all right, you know, it's a million here, a million there, two million here, two million there. It just keeps happening. And this plays into what we were talking about with Brooke Jenkins. No one in the DA's office or the police department ever gets held accountable. The um, officer who framed Maurice Caldwell, according to a uh, judge's decision, according to the, the Court of Appeals, a very strongly worded decision, that officer, Kit Crenshaw, retired at the rank of commander, um, was never held accountable for doing it. The DA's office under George Gascon, the, the people who improperly filed charges, who, um, uh, who withheld evidence, nothing happened to them. No one was held accountable for any of this, except, except the taxpayers, except that's, you know, that's those of us who live in San Francisco who are now forced to cough up money in a city that's desperately, I mean, we have a $700 million budget deficit. We are, 
um, you know, we're, we're, we're the, the mayor says we don't have enough cops. We need to, she just asked for 25 million, a $25 million supplemental budget to pay more cops for overtime because we need more cops in the tenderloin. Well, wait a minute. What about the $20 million that we've paid out because of bad behavior by the cops that no one has done anything about? That without Chesa Boudin, no one is holding any of these cops accountable, right? This, in this case, this is a, a, a person who was, uh, Francisco Valle was a person who was um, shot by a cop who had a history of discipline problems, but nothing had happened to, who was still out on the streets with a gun and who shot this guy and he is he has sued the city the city realizing that if it goes to trial they might lose even more money is now going to settle for 2 million dollars they're going to pay 2 million dollars of taxpayer money to this guy now i'm not saying he doesn't deserve it right he got shot by the police i'm not saying that that jamal taylor and maurice caldwell certainly deserved that settlement and more but the people who were responsible for putting the city in that situation needed to be held accountable, and it's and it never happens. I I, I could say it, it you know that if the DA's office, who will not prosecute cops, decides to frame another black man for murder that he didn't commit, on the basis of faulty testimony from the cops, and and the the person ends up suing the city and getting a lot of money, will any will, will Brooke Jenkins hold her own people accountable for setting that up or herself? I don't see it. It's never happened. And then in the midst of this, I mean, Tim, you know, your headline from February 9th is that Breed gave the most conservative uh, speech of her career, not only um, calling for an immediate appropriation of $25 million for uh, an increased police overtime, um, but but really just going all in on law enforcement, uh, for law enforcement. And this is the same mayor who, as you point out in your article just three years ago, was talking about defunding the police. What is going on with Breed? Where is she headed next, do you think? I don't know where she's headed next, but she's up for re-election next year, and she has obviously concluded politically that this is a that you know after the Chesa Boudin recall that this is a winner of an issue to be for the cops. Interestingly, okay, the city has a looming seven hundred million dollar budget deficit. The mayor has told every department in the city to prepare for a five to ten percent cut. That means, for example, public health, right? Public health. The health department, San Francisco General, uh, psychiatric beds, all of these things that, that are absolutely necessary in the city, they're going to be cut 5 to 10 percent. All right. Um, social services are going to be cut 5 to 10 percent. Uh, the Department of Homelessness and Supportive Housing, look at a 5 to 10 percent cut. Everyone, every single department is going to be cut by 5 to 10 percent except the cops. And she has proposed in her budget a significant budget increase for the police department. You're right. This is a woman. This is a mayor who three years ago was saying we should defund the police. We're going to take a hundred million dollars out of the police budget and put it towards um, social services and crime prevention, and that vanished right away. That vanished very quickly when the political winds seemed to shift. So um, it, it's you know, she has gone all in on law enforcement. She's basically making that the centerpiece of what will be her reelection campaign is, you know, I've beefed up law enforcement. I'm arresting more people. I'm cracking down on drug dealers. I'm putting people in jail. And, and you know, it's it's kind of crazy because she talks about how we're going to arrest everybody in the tent, all the drug dealers and drug users in the tenderloin. And Brooke Jenkins says we're going to prosecute them all. There's not space in the jail for all these folks. 
um, they, the sheriff's office has already said, talk about they're understaffed. They don't have enough. There's, there's no there's no place to put folks. So even if she goes ahead and does this, they're going to be right back out on the streets anyway because there's no place to put them. So this is just, you know, it's political posturing in the worst way because it leads to very bad outcomes. All right, Tim Redman, I've got to leave it there. Thank you so much for your work and for coming on the show. Look forward to having you back soon. We've been Absolutely. speaking to Tim Redman, founder of 48 Hills. Tim Redman has been a political investigative reporter in San Francisco for more than 30 years. He spent much of that time as executive editor of The Bay Guardian. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Rask and the Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.